This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Welcome back to the channel and welcome back to another edition of the Spurs Chat Podcast. Now, what a couple of difference, you know, a difference a couple of day makes. Uh, Crystal Palace nil, Tottenham Hotspur 4, Harry Kane with a brace, Matt Doherty on the score sheet and, of course, Hunmin Son on the score sheet as well. What a good victory and what a good second half performance from Spurs this evening. I've got three very special guests to talk about tonight's game with me. We've got actor Ricky Norwood back with us. Rick, how are you? Ah, mate. <laughs> Tottenham, man. What are they going to do to us? What are they going to do to us? Haven't we already heard that the NHS are under enough pressure without all of us going there with <laughs> heart palpitations, bruv? Like, what is going on? It's exactly what we need to see in that second half, man. A bit of grit, a bit of fire, a bit of determination, and, and, and a bit of character there to kind of show people that are, that, that, that are slagging them off or that have, you know, that, that some of them have been dip, uh, dipping in form and stuff like that to come back, do you know what I mean? To show not only us fans and the club and Antonio, but every single other person watching tonight that, you know, we still got a couple of good players in there and we do have some performances in there. So it's about time, man. A big 4-0 win. Get in. Let's have it. We've also got channel regular Craig back with us. Craig, how are you t- this evening? Uh, much better than I was uh, after the first 45. Yeah, because I thought, thought it was going to go exactly the same way as it has done the last few weeks. But it was, uh, yeah, great to see a Well, superb second half performance, let's face it. And uh, it was quite telling to see how early uh, Conte came out at the beginning of the second half and just sat on the bench. And he was out quite early, I think. So uh, he obviously just tore a strip off him and said, right, just no, <laughs> you've got to sort this out yourselves. I can't do much more. And they did, to be fair to him. So, yeah, very important win, wasn't it? Very important. Very important indeed. We've also got returning guest Cole Jones with us, of course, comedian and host of a new podcast, When Football Began. Cole, how are you? 
I'm yeah, like the lads have said, uh, wasn't quite sure what sort of um, you know what we what we were looking at at half time as to how uh, how the second half was going to go. No one's coming on the show to chat about it. Not not too not too much to report really. But um, yeah, a really good second half and uh, and 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 just nice to enjoy watching Tottenham play for forty five minutes because there doesn't feel like there's been many enjoyable performances just recently. And that second half was uh, you know back back to somewhere close to what we what we like to see. Ricky, let's start the show with you. Um, give me your thoughts on tonight's game because, of course, you were on the show a couple of days ago when, of course, Aston Villa beat us 2-0 at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. A very, very poor performance. And uh, as Craig and Carl have already said, uh, you know, the first 45 minutes from Spurs weren't great tonight, but that second half performance was exceptional. And that is what... Um, it it kind of gives me um, that feeling of, like, when we used to turn sides over under Maurizio Pochettino, dare I say it. Mm. Yeah, no, I, 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 I know I know what feeling you're talking about there, my, my, my friend. But, like, you know what, for me, and I'm going to paraphrase uh, uh, Sooness tonight, I, but I actually did say it before he said it at half-time. But, like, to me, the first 10 to 15 minutes, we looked like we was on the ball a bit. We, we was trying to pass quickly, trying to pass first time. The boys looked like they wanted to give a reaction. But then as soon as Crystal Palace started to come into the game, they started to get their chances. It's like we wilted and we started going back into our shell again. And that's when I was kind of just huffing and puffing, going, oh, please, Tottenham, no, please, Tottenham. Like, don't do it to yourselves. And at halftime, I text my dad and I was just like, you know what? First 10, 15, they done well, but then they started to get shy and go into their shell. But, you know, they, they look like they almost started to feel sorry for themselves. And what they need to do is, is, is to pull up, to look at themselves in the mirror and start getting mad with themselves of their own performances individually and as a team and as a collective and and kind of go out and show not only us uh, and everybody watching and the club and everybody else but they that they are some some players with some cojones you know what i mean and that they can go out there and deliver deliver a gritty tough you know performance and kind of show their quality instead of instead of like getting the criticism left right and center show their quality and to to today's Second half performance was electric. It was on fire, and I was so happy and proud to see our boys get out there and kind of, you know, put, put, leave everything on the pitch and uh, show us what they were about and show, show us their class and their composure and, and their goals. The fact that Harry got two, do you know what I mean? He was immense in the second half. He was threading balls through. His head was on the swivel, left, right and centre. He was determined to get something going. You know, uh, I know we'll break down the goals, but for Sonny to get a goal today, perfect. You know, he, he he had a shot over the bar in the first half, up, in, into the crowd. And I was just like, no, Sonny, not you. I, I'll have it from Heuberg. I'll have it from Skippy. I'll have it from Matt Dotty. I'll have it from a lot of them. Just just not you getting it into the crowd like that. So for him to come back and get that scrappy goal as well, fantastic. Hopefully, that's the spark that he needs. And it's great to see he smile back on his face. And to get a contribution from Doherty as well on that right wing back that the troubled right wing back slot, bro, to, to get some type of attacking play and, and overlapping and confidence and, and to get that, 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 that goal. He was shining for it. He had another one that went over the bar and, you know, he, he had a couple of like pot shots and things that went a little bit wayward, but, but for him to get that as well on tonight's performance, fantastic, fan dabby dozy, bruv. Like, I can't believe it because it's exactly what we needed to see from all of those fringe players. For Hill to get the, the assist today, you know what I mean, and get some more minutes under his belt. Yes, we know his weaknesses, but for him to show some of his strengths today, I'm just super proud and super buzzing to see that from my team because I didn't know where we was going after Villa. 
Bricky, the other day when you were on, we were all quite down and it was all very negative um, in all of the, the comments that were coming in. You know, what we were saying, it just proves, doesn't it? Just, uh, you know, a couple of days later, you can change your mood so quickly. Where do you think Tottenham are in terms of, you know, league position? We're only three points away from second place now. Um, are you confident that Spurs will push for that top four spot, even if we didn't sign anyone in the January window? Firstly, I think all of the points that we was making and after the show were valid points. Yes, they were passionate and yes, they were emotional responses because we was on pretty close to after the game finished. But I think there were some valid points there. I still think that the you know every time we get close to uh, building a side and going that extra step, we'll always go and get a cheaper option, or we won't spend at all, or we won't pay that extra five mil that gets that one player that can solidify. The, the foundations that we have then built up until that point. So I, I still think that we made some valid points there. Yes, they were in, they were passionate and yes, they were emotional. But I still think that a lot of us made some some very valid points. On the rest of the season, this is the kickstart that we needed. I still think that we need a signing or two to inspire, to reward this type of this type of uh, comeback and this type of uh, energy and this type of play that we we, we put in tonight. I still think. The board need to go out there and spend some money to, to build on this progress and to inspire the rest of the season. And if, if Antonio Conte gets the required uh, players that he needs that are up to his standard, then I think we've got a great opportunity, you know, to, to go and challenge for that fourth spot, that third spot, and just kind of keep it climbing. But right now, we don't know what side we're going to see. I'm just happy that tonight we, we saw a performance. Tonight we saw a reaction. Tonight, we saw what those boys were about in the second half. So, fingers crossed, we can keep that going and we can build on that. I don't want to speak too tough right now because we don't know what's going to happen in the next game. We, we can play dire straits in the next game against Portsmouth and then we'll be like, where are we again? Do you know what I mean? So, right now, it's all about building on that and pushing that momentum and, and helping this, this momentum and this shift in energy. We've got, we need to help it. We need to back it. And that crowd tonight, oh, my gosh. I heard every song. I heard every chant. I heard yeah. you back the boys. I even when we was under the cosh a little bit, those those away fans, they were well up for it. And you, we all know that Palace is a tough crowd to, to you know, it's a tough place to go and it's a tough crowd to go up against. But I, I heard the Tottenham singing throughout that ninety minutes. So big up to everyone that went tonight. They, they were fantastic in that way and they didn't stop singing, um, as you said, Rick. And uh you know, very, very passionate, very up for it this evening. Craig, let's get your thoughts on tonight's match. Yeah, it was funny because after that first half, I, I was uh, thinking I've got to come on here. And uh, it, what was ringing through my head was that, um, you know, the scene at Blackadder when Baldrick's reading a poem to him and Blackadder says, well, it started off badly, tailed off a bit in the middle and the less said about the end, the better. But apart from that, excellent. And I genu genuinely thought that's how it was going to be. Um, look, we we, to be fair, we started off, I thought we started off quite brightly in the first half. Um but then Palace crept back into it after about 25, 30 minutes. And, was, you know, they had a few chances. Hugo made a couple of good saves, and I will get into that. But yeah. uh, then, then, you know, that, that, that second half display was, um, well, you're right. It was it was like under the potch days, wasn't it? It was like the handbrake was taken off, and it was like swarming forward, getting more players in the box, people getting in good positions. Brian Hill was superb in the second half. The ball through to Kane for his goal which we'll come on to, yeah, instrumental in in, um, in the first goal as well. So, yeah, and I think he, I think he did get a good ovation from the Spurs uh, crowd and they were singing his name, which, you know, it's going to give him confidence. And, you know, hopefully 
uh, he'll get a run out against Portsmouth at the weekend to get a bit more confidence. So, you know, fully expect Kulishevsky to come back in for the Arsenal game if he's fit. But, um, you know, to have somebody on the bench with confidence that can come on and play like that is going to only be a good thing, you know? Carl, it's nice to be smiling again, isn't it? Give me your thoughts on tonight's match. Yeah, I mean, that that first half, we, we looked like we were on the a bit more on the front foot than we have been. We looked like we were taking the game to them a little bit more. Obviously, it was so passive against Villa. It was so... And, and in quite a few games where we just seemed to wait for teams to come on to us. So uh, that that spell in the in the sort of last 15 minutes of the first half, I think a stat came up that we'd had no touches in the box. I think that we'd had two uh, passes in completed in the final in the final third so you know we really I mean when we say we tailed off we really tailed off in that last 15 minutes I thought Palace were giving us a lot of problems they're kind of front three or four I was I was Eze was popping up all over the place and they were just kind of interchanging with Zahar, Elise, Ayu and they they just they were switching sides and and bizarrely enough at half time I was kind of thinking they're sort of doing what the bit that we don't do because that that kind of fourth player penetrating with the front three was Ollie Skip and that's obviously not going to be his natural position so this kind of player who can break the lines and stuff that we talk about all the time that we so desperately need I was looking at that thinking that's maybe where our lack of creativity is and, and where Palace were causing us problems. But then coming out in the second half and just seeing how um, we, we just, again, just, just set off really, really quickly and and the quality shone through. It felt like some of that confidence was coming back into players. I, I agree with some of the things that we've already kind of touched upon where you kind of go, we've we've got these world-class players. You know, at, at the end of the match, you, 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 you see Harry Kane and Hung Min Son stood there in a Spurs shirt, being interviewed. And it's easy for us to forget, watching them week in, week out, that these are two icons of world football at mm. the moment, and they play for our football club. And yeah. here they are kind of, let's face it, toiling at times. And, and, and you know, that that Sonny effort, that I think you mentioned, Rick, that it sort of just went up into, the, up into the stand. I mean, sort of, you know, because Sonny is one of those players where you think he needs that, he needs that confidence. So I, I think... Um, for that, it was that sort of. Um, I, I wouldn't go as far as calling it a complete performance. Palace, Palace, Palace wilted quite a bit, and they've they've not been on amazing form themselves. I think of late. So, you know, they, let, let's put that into perspective. That actually, this is world beating world beating side. But going into Arsenal and City after the Portsmouth game, you know, we imagine we'll rest some players for Portsmouth. Going into Arsenal and City after the way we all felt after Villa, tonight would have been a really, really dreadful performance. And every game feels massive, but tonight really, really felt like a very, very important game after the results against Villa and Brentford. So I'm, I'm just pleased as well that as well as getting that bit of momentum back, we've we've all got a smile on our face. The team have got a smile on their face. And we go into that massive week, um, the week after next, um, on, on some on some form. Carl, it's a weird one because I spoke to a lot of Spurs fans inside Selhurst Park before the game started. And you asked people, are you confident, uh, you know, of a win tonight? No one really seemed confident of a win. You know, we all we all didn't really know what to expect. What did you expect? You know, if I was to ask you to be honest, you know, before the game, if I'd have said to you, what's your score prediction? What would you have said? Well, I, I actually tweeted earlier, Chris, coming on coming on this show, that I don't ever recall appearing on this show or any, or any time when I talk about Tottenham being so completely, 
you know, torn between whether we're going to have a thumping win, a drab draw, or a gut-wrenching defeat, because I think all three felt realistic. Normally, you go into a Spurs game going, oh, it's going to be a tough one tonight, or, oh, I really fancy this tonight. Yeah. I, I, I felt that all three were possible. We all know we've got the quality to put four past Palace. We absolutely have. We also know we lost there 3-0 last season, and at half-time, you could have said, you know, is is there enough quality on this pitch for anyone to score? So that that is how I felt before the game. I wouldn't have I wouldn't have been confident in, and that's and I'm quite an optimistic Spurs fan. I was convinced we were going to beat Villa by three or four goals uh, at the weekend. So I, I I wouldn't have felt brave enough to make that kind of decision and uh, that kind of prediction about about the Palace game. I I didn't know. I think I think. It was just which Tottenham turned up, and uh, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have uh, taken taken many odds on four nil at half time either. So you know, let's let credit where it's due. They came out and really turned it round from a, a a pretty drab drab first half. We've got a comment now from Roy Price. Uh, Roy writes: Brian Hill had his best game, and it was important. Hunmin Song got the goal. Our second half play was where our game should be, and hopefully, we can now push on. Uh, Roy, I promise we will talk about Brian Hill later on in the show. But thanks so much for your comment, um, Ricky. Let's come to you. Let's talk about Tottenham Hotspur's starting eleven. Um, Hugo Lloris in goal. Uh, the back three of Romero, Dyer, and Langley. The wing backs Doherty and Perisic in midfield. Skip and Hoybier, and then the forward three of Brian Hill, Kane and Son. Subs this evening, Forster, Davis, Tanganga, Sanchez, Sessegnon, Royale, Spence, Saar and White. A um, couple of changes from Antonio Conte from the Aston Villa game. Any surprises there for you or did you expect that? Um, no real surprises. Uh, I was happy to see Skip on. I, I thought that when Dyer came in, um, you know, and he's been... He's had some shaky performances, and he's had he's made some kind of rash decisions. But the the way that he was in there organising, it felt like he had like to prove today. Um, and I felt that he was shouting a lot. I felt that he was organising a lot, and and maybe that's what you miss when you play Longley in there with Davies on the side. I don't, you know, maybe we we miss that voice in the back line. Um, and then with Skippy, do you know what? Skippy, I thought, again, he started bright in that first half. I felt that he was full of energy. I felt that he was trying to get the ball moving forward. I thought that he was trying to break forward a couple of times, you know, break those lines a couple of times. But then, again, as Palace crept into it, there was just – it was two halves of the first half. You know, the first half of the first half, he was he was on it, and it looked like, oh, it's nice to see Skippy in that side. And then the second half of that first half, it just seemed yeah. to, like – go past him people were playing past him he was grabbing on he, he he was holding on he was trying to get silly fouls in he got that yellow card and it was just kind of like mm, you know like he, we still got a little way to go there with with, with skippy but you know um again I, I commend him for the energy that he brought in the the biggest surprise to me was that bench and i know that it's what we've got but when i looked at it before the game I just had to shake my head a little bit. I was just like, oh, uh, yeah. who can come on and change this? Who can come on and give something? But, you know, a uh, big shout out to Saar, who came on and looked tidy. He looked tall. He looked calm and composed in there. He, he looked, again, like uh, full of energy. He he covered the pitch quite easily, quite quickly, you know, with those long legs of his. So, um, you know, to kind of see Skippy in there and then to kind of see Saar in there, it was an opportunity for them to show us what they were about. And I think we did see you know, what they were about a little bit. It's still early days, of course, for the both of them. But at least we saw that. And then with Brian Hill kind of getting an extra, you know, some more, another start and extra minutes under his belt and 
we we know the problems with him. We know he can be pushed off the ball, and he, and that happened against a physical, strong, pacey young side in Palace. But the his tenacity, the fact that he kept going, the fact that he kept chasing, the fact that he was always open, the fact that he didn't shy away from the ball, he didn't, he wasn't scared of being challenged. All of those things, I think, are positives. And the the, the more game time he gets, and the, and the more stakes he eats, <laughs> hopefully there's a bigger, stronger player in there. And and may, maybe like Conte's been saying, maybe one for the future, but maybe one that can help out right now. Craig, let's come to you on the same question. Obviously, Dyer and Skip came in for Davis and Basuma uh, from the Aston Villa game. Um, any surprises for you? Um, I felt that Oliver Skip had to start this game uh, with the players that we had left available. Um, there was talk about Saar possibly starting the game. Was it the right decision? Yeah, yeah, I think it was. Um, and, and bringing Dyer back in is probably not a popular opinion, but I did think we looked more solid. With Dyer at the back, um, apparently he does talk and marshal that defence. So I was just a lot more confident with Dyer in. I know he had his, his slip up against uh, Brentford, uh, not a particularly good game. But you know, I, th- I genuinely think we missed him against Villa. Um, but he, he, he just seemed he just seemed that I was a bit more confident of the defence as a whole um, with him in that, that back line tonight. And he did make a couple of good blocks, especially as one in the second half. Uh, which we'll probably talk about, where uh, Romero totally tried to control it, come over his shoulder, totally miscontrolled it, and Dyer was there to block the uh, the shot. So I thought he played really well tonight, and he was a big big part of it. I'm sure this one's for you, Craig. Um, Neil Lewis writes here, we need Matt Doherty back at Wolves. <laughs> yeah, well, if Pedro Porro comes in, then you'd imagine <laughs> one of them's going to go. But... Uh, yeah, I mean, if it's um, don't get you know, you know my feelings on them, our right back, uh, wing wing back situation. The only thing tonight that was, I was a bit disappointed with. I just, I mean, if you're Jed Spence, you know, you must be thinking four nil up. Surely I must get a run, and he brings on Emerson Royale, who fell over the ball twice. I don't know if he did much else. So uh, I, I just, uh, this baffles me. It really does. You know, you give the lad a run. He could have given him fifteen minutes tonight, but he didn't. For some bizarre reason. What What do you make of that situation, Craig? Because, of course, we were 2-0 down at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium at the weekend. He brought him on in the 88th minute. And as you say, 4-0 up this evening doesn't bring on Jed Spence. <clears throat> I, I, I don't know. But I've always been at the back of my mind where he's always said he's a club signing. Is there a... I can't, this can't be true, can it? That If he brings him on and he has an absolute blinder, then he's got no option but to keep him in the team. And perhaps he doesn't want to kind of, a, if that happens, then he admits that he's been wrong all this time. I that's the only thing I can think of. Because, you know, the fans, I would say 90, 95, greater than 95% of the fans want to see him out there and give him a run. And I really hope he gets a run against Portsmouth because that's a perfect game for him. But I, don't, I just think he'll probably play him some way out and give Doherty a rest and perhaps bring him on for 15 minutes at the end. I don't get it, don't understand it. I think he'd be a perfect fit for that role. And, you know, Sling, he could have, he could have given him half hour tonight, to be honest with you. But I think as soon as we'd scored two goals, I think that game was won tonight. So, you know, he, he's not, he's surely not that bad. He's going to give the game away for Tottenham, you know. But, and let, you know, is he seeing someone in training that we're not? That's the only, you know, that's the only other thing that you could say about it. He's bizarre to me. Carl, surely Antonio Conte chose the strongest 11 
against Crystal Palace this evening. Well, yeah, certainly the the eleven that he felt could could go out and, and win the game, and again, no no sort of changes. He is quite stubborn, I think. I think that's his sort of personality that comes across. We've had a, we've had a few few of those in the last in the last few years as well of kind of selecting their teams or maybe sometimes making a point with their teams. I mean, on the Jed Spence point. I don't get it. You know, he's not. I mean, he is only about twenty-one, twenty-two, but actually, he's got quite a number of professional appearances under his belt. I think he's made over 100, 100 appearances in a, albeit at championship level, played for England under twenty-one. So this this is a player that's not a young kid who we've got to ease in. This is a player that we can throw in. Um, everything I've seen of Jed Spence, I mean, it's it's a it's a big comparison, but you know, the kind of what Kyle Walker looked like when he first came came to us and was a young player with that kind of explosive pace and getting forward. Um, I, I think the the thing about Jed Spence specifically that I wonder he'd fallen out with um, was it Middlesbrough? Who was his parent club? Uh, obviously went to Forest. Then when Forest went up, there was that picture of him with the cigar and the kind of the tweet to Warnock. Now that's fine, you know what I mean. You can't necessarily judge his entire character on that, but he does have this kind of thing of, you know. Is he a little bit? Is, is he too Conti's taste if he thinks he's the complete article yet? And is he bringing him down, or is he just part of this kind of politics of you know club signing and all of that? But but you know, he, from everything I've seen of him, admittedly not all of it in a Spurs shirt, he is better than Emerson Royale. I think he's alongside Matt Doherty, and um, I'd like to see him get a chance. I think he should be playing against Portsmouth, and he could have come on come on tonight. I suppose for the rest of the team and the rest of the selection, you know. Skippy coming in. I mean, it's only 18 months before his injuries that Skippy looked like the real deal. He's not got back to that level yet. He's obviously going to be a bit rusty. Um, Hill, I thought Hill... um you know, I felt I really felt for him when he when he came off against Villa because I didn't think he was having a particularly bad game. He looked really disappointed to be to be kind of taken yeah. off, but he looked really creative. He looked. I, I I think that Hill hopefully for us could be that natural Lucas Moura successor of maybe not you know not necessarily a starter, but that impact player with twenty minutes to go um, and and standing in when we've got injuries. So you know he's not going to get in a get ahead of Kulusevski ahead of Richarlison, but. You know, promising tonight, and I thought he played really well. So, and, and the, it was nice to hear the fans singing his name as well because I think, you know, he's he's got cult hero written all over him as he is about four foot six, and he's you know about about five stone. So he, with with that long hair and stuff. So uh, you know, I, I I like him. I like the look of him. He looks like a Tottenham player to me. It was great actually at the end um, inside Selhurst Park. Uh, Spurs fans sung about three players: Hummin Son, Harry Kane, and Brian Hill. And Brian Hill looked absolutely over the moon. That must give him so much confidence of the fans singing his name. Um, Ricky, let's come to you because uh, Brian Hill had our first shot on target um, after eight minutes. It was comfortable for the goalkeeper. But um, what have you made? Uh, or what, what do you make of Brian Hill's performance this evening? Because it's been a long time coming. You know, a lot. Of uh, a lot of pundits, a lot of newspapers, etc., stated that he was like the new Messi. He was like one of these wonder kids. We haven't really seen a lot of him. Uh, it's probably probably the best game he's played in a Spurs shirt this evening. No, I think it is. I think it is, and I think that's to do with uh, starting the game against Villa, even and being disappointed when he when he came off of that field. I think <clears throat> something clicked within him, which was like, well, you know, this is an opportunity right now. There's a gap in the team and. And I, I think he was even more driven, um, you know, and, and tonight for because we needed a reaction for him to come on and just 
dribble and kind of he done so many good things. It is easy for him to to get pushed off the ball, but he done so many good things and he 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 really did cause um, <clears throat> Palace's back line some trouble when he was dinking in left and right. And those Palace back line, they go up against Eze and Zaha and Lalisi, who are very good dribblers, and AU, they're very good dribblers. So for for him to kind of turn turn him inside out a couple of times, I thought it was a promising sign. It, it was the best um, game in the Tottenham shirt for, for for Brian, and I think that this, if he is going to go on loan again, then this should prompt him going to an English side in the Championship, or you know, or even like a you know a lower league, a, a, a lower Premiership placed uh, league team. And kind of have a second season where he's kind of relied upon if he is going to go out on loan. But I think tonight he showed when Conte was speaking about him being an intelligent player. We can see that he is intelligent. He knows when to pass. He knows when to cross. He he, he shot today. I think was was it 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 was on target. Easy save. But I think it was him growing into the game. I think he wanted to show um, the manager, <clears throat> the club, and the fans that there is something in there. And he could be that type of Messi player. He really could. I'm not going to say he's going to be of Messi level, but you can definitely see that in the way that he dribbles and, all, and he's low centre of gravity. And, you, you know, if he, if he can toughen up and, and take the knocks in the Premiership, then we could have a dynamite player on our hands then. Craig, do you want to add anything about Brian Hill? Yeah, I, I just thought it was a fantastic performance. Uh, as Ricky said, it's going to give him massive confidence going into the next few weeks. I wouldn't be surprised if we actually hold on to him now because it seems like Lucas Moura's injury is going to be, you know, perhaps more longer term. I don't think there's any sign of him coming back anytime soon. So, and you could see where Conte gave him such a big hug when he when he when he came off. Very pleased with his performance. So, I mean, I mean he had such a, you know, he said he had a big hand in the first goal. He had a hand in obviously Kane's second. He he had a hand in Sonny's goal because he laid it off to Kane. So he, he was in and around everywhere, and he was at, kind of at the heart of everything good that we did tonight. I thought, and he um, he he. What I do like about him when he loses the ball, he he sprints to try and get it back, and that that you know he invigorates the team or can't should invigorate the team for other players to do the same thing he does it every single time and yeah he's a bit lightweight but you know he, when he gets the ball at his feet and he runs at players when he gets confidence to do that that's just going to going to open up space for other people and he used the ball well today everything he did seemed to more or less come off so you can't ask for more than that and you know if it hadn't been for Kane getting the two goals and having an absolute brilliant leaders display in the second half I would say he was man of the match to be honest with you but obviously Kane edged it for me because of the way he played in that second half but he was just superb he was everyone I've just got it on match of the day um, in the background he, he, he's, he's a different type of player to, to other players that we got in the team and I just think he, you know once once he gets a run of games he's just going to get better and better, I think, personally. And I, I do hope he doesn't go out on loan, personally. I, I think I think he's got there is a place for him in this team. And he's only going to get better, as I say. That was my next question. Cole, let's come to you on this one. Um, you know, of course, he went out on loan. He's come back. Um, there's been lots of media reports stating that he might go out on loan in this January transfer window. Surely after tonight's performance, he said to Antonio Conte, this is what I can do. And hopefully he will then stay to, to then get more minutes under Conte and, and, and fight for a place in the team. Surely. 
Well, I mean, I hope so because I mean, you know, let's let's look at the bench at the minute. Okay, we've got Kalu and uh, Richarlison out at the minute, but we haven't got many more options if he does if he does go anywhere. So, you know, for that alone, for selfish reasons, I think for the player, you know, he is this he came as this sort of Spanish starlet, and he was kind of breaking into the Spanish national team. He's nearly gone a couple of times. I, I, I seem to remember there was a tweet or a message or something of him kind of putting something out of going, you know, sometimes things are not meant to be, or so. Yeah, I, I can't quite remember what it was but I think basically he was on the verge of going somewhere and it fell through. I, I, I wonder whether the player has necessarily settled as a human being switching switching to England and whether he whether if he's going to go anywhere I can't necessarily see him fancying you know a, a you know a, a, a trip to, to Wolves for six months or something like that necessarily I'm pretty sure he'd probably want to be back in Spain if he's going to go anywhere and maybe you know that's that's the rumours that that's where his game's best suited to but there's clearly a player there so I I hope we keep him I think he's a very very as I say Lucas Moura's injury troubles and kind of form in the last sort of season or two is coming towards an end and, and, and I think he's out of contract anyway isn't it at the end of the season so he could be going to, to back to Brazil so uh, Brian Hill for me I think he, is that impact player we need on the bench Ricky let's come to you Adrian writes now important first half save from Hugo Lloris out of three excellent saves that he made of course, we mentioned Hugo Lloris at the weekend after his mistake led to the first Villa goal. Uh, what did you make of his performance this evening? Reaction. Experience talking, my friend. Uh, you know, uh, he heard the critics. He heard sooner say that he was past it. And the best way to shut everybody up is to come out with a performance and to save us again. Not only that first, you know, the first save that he made, the snapshot off of IU. Great snapshot save, great, fantastic. And we all know if we would have gone one nil down, and the let's just look at the first half again. Again, for Tottenham, it was a it, it, the first half was a game of two halves. And as we've said, as soon as uh, Palace started getting into the game, we started to wilt again. If that first goal would have gone in, would we have wilted fully? Like, would we have come back? I know we've had a couple of comebacks. I know we've we've been a bit of a second half side this season, but would that have happened with all the pressure and all of the negativity and all of the energy that's been going around this side, especially after Brentford, after Villa, and, and then now against Palace with the big games coming up? What would have happened then? So for Hugo to save us at that point is so important. And then for him to come out with a couple more in the second half as well, I, I mean, they, they were fantastic saves. And it's I think it's a great reaction for him. I think it's a great reaction to kind of say to people like Sunes, you know, I ain't passed it just yet. I do have some quality in these fingertips. And and to kind of reassure all of the fans that he can be trusted when, when called upon. There wasn't too much for him to do in that second half, but he was still alive and alert. And yeah. he got his fingertips to both of those shots. One off of AU. I can't remember who the other one was off. But um, but like he was he was there and he was up for it. And he wanted that clean sheet. He, he kept shouting at the back line when Emerson came on and... and um, when Davies came on and stuff like that, he was shouting at that back line. He wanted to keep that 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 clean sheet, and it, it, as a sense of pride, I think, and as a, as a sense of kind of, oh, you know, you you think I was gone? Well, I ain't gone just yet. Do you know what I mean? And even that that confidence for himself to let himself know, you know, I, you know, there, there, there's still some very high quality in these fingertips, and I ain't finished just yet. So I I love his response. I love his reaction. Again, he's our club captain. He's the captain. A lot of people will, will will always think that Kane's the captain for Tottenham, but he's not. Kane's the captain for England. Hugo Lloris is the captain of Tottenham. And that was a captain's performance tonight. And I think 
that gave everybody else confidence to go and play that way in the second half as well because we knew that Hugo was up for it. We, we knew that we had some organisation there from, from Dyer, like Craig was saying earlier, you know. So we, we could go for it a bit more because the, the trust and the love for Hugo was, was there. And everybody, it was a team unit tonight. We, we will pick out individuals, but it was a team unit tonight that went out there in that second half and said, no, forget this, I'm fed up. Let's just go and show these people what we're about, please. And they went out there and they done it. And I'm so happy for that 4-0. And I'm so happy for that clean sheet for Hugo Lloris. Were you feeling that confident at half-time, Rick? <laughs> no, I wasn't. Honestly, like I, the, the, the missus was coming down for a couple of reports. So she came down at about 15. She's like, all right, babe, so how they started? So I was like, yeah, you know, like I've said to you, they're whipping it about. They seem a bit on it. They seem they want to have a reaction. She came down at like 35 minutes. She was like, what's happening? I said, oh, I don't know, babe. I don't know what's going to happen here. I don't know what's happening. I said, we've, you know, we fell back. And in the second half, she was upstairs. She's a little bit ill at the moment. So she was upstairs watching a little something called Netflix. And... Um, she heard me shouting. She's got them on repeat anyway, mate. But, um, but no, she heard me hollering. And then she was like, how, uh, you know, so, so what did you win by? I said, 4-0. She's like, 4-0? How did that happen? From the report that I gave her at the end of the first half, to get a 4-0 at the end of it, she was like, you know, like she was just kind of like, how did that happen? But that's Tottenham, and that's why we love them, you know? Yes, yes, certainly. Um, Craig, let's come to you. Of course, Spurs didn't have many first-half opportunities. Um, Harry Kane put head of wide after 25 minutes. And then, of course, IU had that chance after a good Palace move after 27 minutes. And uh, Hugo Lloris made that good save. Four minutes later, um, Yoki Manderson um, with a great strike just wide. Um, that was one hell of a shot. And we, we've been linked to Anderson um, over the years a number of times. Yeah, yeah, mainly by uh, Anthony Costa, uh, but um, yeah, no, I, 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 I agree with him. I thought I thought you'd have been a great buyer for us, to be honest with you. Um, he was pretty solid when he was at Fulham. Um, I think he would have slotted in, and he's really a great player for Spurs. But obviously, never, never really looked at him. But that shot, I honestly thought, you know, it had Hugo worried because he was full stretch together. I don't, don't think you'd have, got, you'd, have, you'd have quite got there had it been going in. But, yeah, it, it was um, a bit of a nervous moment. But just coming back to it, that one with Ayu, um, I just re-watched it. That, the one where he was put through, if he only needed to square it to Elise and we'd have been 1-0 yeah. down. So, you know, it's fine margins, great save from Larice. But, you know, if he'd actually got his head up, it, it was a it was a four yard pass and um, so yeah it could have been very difficult because you know if we'd gone one nil down again my god you know that that's a, that's another important thing about tonight you know we didn't go one nil down we didn't concede yeah we didn't do well in the first half but you know little steps we didn't concede which is you know it's, it could could be huge it's games like this that could I'm just saying could kickstart your season because we've had it rough the last few weeks you know hangover from the world cup for Kane you can see that obviously affected him he's now back in amongst the goals he had a smile on his face Sonny's scoring again so don't underestimate what this game could do for our season and hopefully we'll um we'll go on on Saturday um against Portsmouth is it Saturday yeah it's Saturday isn't it? against Portsmouth and um progressing the FA Cup because to me as I've said on this channel many times the FA Cup's really important to me great memories as a kid so I think it's something we've got to take seriously but uh, uh I don't think Dane Scarlett can play on Saturday 
that's what I'm sure. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that would be typical Spurs to to do that, wouldn't it? When your own players come back and uh, and score against you, but uh, but yeah, coming coming back to the original point, I think we was unlucky. We was we was lucky in some degree to not go one nil down at that point. And uh, but Anderson, great strike. Great strike, and uh, to be honest, I'd still, still probably take him at Spurs. To be to be fair, all the other centre back they've got that guy, guy, whatever his name is, guy. So yeah, yeah, yeah the good. To be fair, there's some good players at Palace. I've said Michael Elise. Always like the look of him. I think he's a cracking young player. Um, surprised we never went for him, but who knows? This might be a player we go for in the future. I was going to ask that, Craig, because Palace do have a number of great attacking players. Are you surprised that they didn't offer more of a threat this evening? Well, as I say, I've always rated that Elise. I think he's a great player. Um, kind of a Spurs player in my eyes, if you like. Um, Eze, we was linked to when he was at QPR. Yeah. yeah. Um, I thought he would have been a... Perhaps he did need that, you know, he's a bit of a step up uh, to Tottenham. So, But perhaps now... They might look at him again. And obviously, Zaha, we've been linked with. Um, never really rated IU, but he has done jobs on us in the past. And, you know, he's not he's not the worst centre forward in the world. Um, I don't think many fans, Spurs fans would get excited if we signed him. But, you know, he does carry an attacking threat. But that, that three that sit behind, I think that's a really good um, attacking three there. You know, all big, strong lads, fast. Um, I'm... I'm surprised they didn't cause us more trouble, but they all seem to not be off their game tonight, but they didn't kind of gel as I've seen Palace do in the past. And um, so, yeah, I'm quite surprised they didn't cause us more issues um, because they've, they've definitely got it in the locker. Well, of course, it was half-time. Um, it was nil-nil. Um, Carl, let's come to you. In the 47th minute, Harry Kane put a great ball through to Matt Doherty. Uh, who shot wide? Surely he's got he's got to be hitting the target there, hasn't he? I tell you, I, I won't even repeat what the person said next to me about Matt Doherty at that point. <laughs> I mean, he he scored in those those mid season friendlies, didn't he? And he got a like that bit. There was a couple of interviews, I think, on the Spurs channels around you know, like how he, he taken his goal scoring form and he's looked confident. And he kind of, I think, it all just the the blood rushed to his head, and he uh, he puts it up in up into the crowd. I, I think it was, uh, and, and obviously we'll come on to the Kane goal in a minute. But actually, it was like a a reflection. But the ball went out the opposite way, and actually, you know, Perisic in a maybe a little bit further out but put that great cross in you know and actually for me that still kind of flagged that kind of quality because I know I know I know that Doty he's split the fan base and he he can put in great performances and he can put in some pretty terrible ones um but I I I still you know I don't don't think he's of the quality that we need as a first team starting player to to be contenders and 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 to be honest I think he's one of those ones that's borderline even for a squad player. Having said that, um, you know he he did have a he did have a decent game tonight, but that was an opportunity where you went just just square it, just put it into the danger zone, and uh, he he I think I think he um, he must have captained himself on fantasy football because he just saw it and thought right this is this is my moment, and uh, it was not the case. Well, it is a standard question on this show, Cole. Who is the best right wing back at Tottenham? 
<laughs> I, I, I mean, I, I still think it's Jed Spence, but I always sort of say that one of the things that's happened to us, and, and I know this isn't necessarily an original thought, is that, you know, when, when we lost Carl Walker, we took a, we took a slight step down in, in Kieran Trippier, a, a further slight step down in Serge Aurier, and a further step down for me with Doty and, and, and Royale. So I, I still, if, if I was picking the Tottenham team tomorrow for the North London derby, I'd be chucking Jed Spence in there. But, um, Dutty for me is is ahead of Royale. Um, so so you know whatever's going on with whatever's going on with Spence at the moment, he's he's our first choice right back. And I think um, you know we 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 could we could we could do worse. Craig, I won't come to you on that. I know your favourite is Emerson. Ricky, who, who's yours? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, let's not, let's not even go there with the right wing backs. Uh, Dr. Let's, let's talk about it. Let's, let's be positive this evening. Um, Rick, let's come to you. 48th minute, Harry Kane header. Um, what a fantastic cross. What a fantastic finish from him. And I absolutely love it. In the Spurs away end, uh, the whole of the away end said, we've gone one nil up. We've gone one, one nil up. How shit must you be? We've got what, gone one nil up. <laughs> We're just not used to it. We're not used to going one nil up this season. Uh... No, we're not, but like, look at that cross from Perisic. I mean, the, 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 you know, the quality that that guy brings. He's, 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 of course, there's been some iffy bits and pieces here and there. There's been some, but you know what? When that guy is on it, he is all over it. And it was such a beautiful, dinky little cross. As soon as you saw that, Harry was rushing in there on the back post. He knew where he would be. And he placed it perfectly on his uh, on that big forehead of his. Do you know what I mean? And we went one nil up, mate. We went one nil up for the first time in ages. So I'm so happy to hear that chant, bro. <laughs> let's hear it a bit more often. Do you know what I mean? Like, let's hear it a bit more often. And that's what you know. Carl was saying earlier about Palace. Um, yeah, oh, it was Craig that was saying it wasn't gelling and stuff like that, and they're in a bit of a precarious position themselves. But so so were we. We was in a precarious position, you know. Thomas Frank said it. You know, uh, Brentford's manager said it. We if we go at them from the beginning, we know they 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 start slow. So if we go at them from the beginning and put a goal in, then we know that they almost retreat. And I'm paraphrasing again, but you know, so that's a trait. That's a trait. And so we was there for the taking as well. So it was a really tough game. Palace are full of youth. Energy, speed, dribbling, they they are dangerous. They do cause problems. You know, Zaha could have got the, the way that he dribbles and the way that a lot of them dribble. If they got challenged within the box and they were looking for the pen, but they, you know, we, we, we could have easily given away a pen today or something, you know, or sank along those lines, some silly t- silly foul to kind of allow them back into the game. But we did it, mate. We went 1 0 up with a beautiful Perisic cross and, uh, you know, Mr. Harry came putting his forehead on it and 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 being the leader that he is, it's good to see him spring to life again, you know. And, and I hope that he he's like that for the rest of the season. Well, you'll like this one, Rick, because when we went two 0 up, the fans sung, "How shit must you be? We've gone two 0 up." Craig, Craig, let's come to you on the on the fifty three minute fifty uh, third minute. Brian Hill played a great ball to Harry Kane. I tell you what, that was one hell of an assist from him, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, as I said before, brilliant pass in between two Palace defenders, you know. Um, and the first touch by Kane is the most important one because he just gets it out of his feet and in one motion 
swivels and hits it. And as, as they said on, on Sky, didn't even look up once. He knew exactly where on the pitch he was and he knew where that far post was. And how many times have we seen him do it? And uh, I, th- I think they just showed a graphic. 300th Premiership game tonight for Kane. Yeah. And when Shearer was at 300, he was on 196 goals and Kane's on yeah. 198. So she's two ahead. Yeah. Um, incredible, actually. Uh, I don't know what age uh, Shearer was at, uh, but, you know, Kane's got, for me, if he stays, God, hope he stays at Tottenham. He's got, because he's never relied on his pace, if he stays injury free, he's got perhaps six seasons left. So you think 10 goals a season, that's easily achievable and, and the rest of this season. So, you know, phenomenal player. I think we, we take him for granted sometimes. And when when he doesn't put in his, his 8 out of 10 performance every week, we get a bit disillusioned. And I, I think, you know, we'll look back in years to come, in 10 years, we'll look back on Harry Kane and appreciate just how good he really was because it's easy to, to you know, be... You know, when he, he, he not performing to his best, it, it's easy to think that oh, well, perhaps he's not as good as you know we think he is. But time and time again, he proves proves people wrong. All those people that said he was a one-season wonder, how wrong are they? So uh, we, we need need to keep that man at the club. We need to tie him down to a new contract. To do that, we need to back Conte. That will make Kane stay and everything should fall into place in theory. But, you know, how many times have we been over and over that? Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. I'm sure we'll discuss it later again, but there's so many things that could go wrong, but there's so many easy things for me they could sort so quickly and easily. And for me, it shouldn't be that difficult. You know, You know you've got the world-class manager in Conte, you make him happy. How many times have we said it? You get the players in to support him, to support Kane, the players that Kane wants to play with. It will keep him at the club and it will keep him happy. And he's always said that. If we've got, if, if he sees the ambition from the club, he's happy to stay. And that performance tonight in the second half, a short, hopefully, I can't believe, you know, I've been a Spurs fan too long and seen the way, you know, the ball act sometimes, but surely they can see that tonight. A happy Harry Kane is a good Harry Kane and only good for Tottenham. Well, I'll tell you what, um, the fans um, sung non-stop about Antonio Conte. The fans also sung about the bald, in particular Daniel Levy tonight. Um, You know, what Daniel Levy must have felt like today being in Selhurst Park, hearing that constantly and hearing the Spurs fans singing um, about Antonio Conte, um, I think it says a lot that we all want him backed um, in this January transfer window and, of course, going forward. And we want him to remain our manager. 
the majority of us. Um, Carl, mm. just, just want to um, talk about Harry Kane um, a little bit more because um, just want your opinion. Is he the best striker that you have ever seen in your lifetime? Because, of course, he is just about to break Tottenham's all-time scoring record. He's only a couple away now from Jimmy Greaves. He's also about to break the England record as well. The best you've ever seen? Uh, he is the best I've seen live in a Spurs shirt. Obviously, you know the likes of Jimmy Greaves and Glenn Hoddle, these these wonderful players that we that, that I've watched on 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 video. He, he he's right up there in that conversation with those players. I still remember about seven eight years ago, probably uh, just seeing the way that Kane was developing, how he spread the ball about, how he just sort of played. And I remember almost I, I turned to my dad and said. This it could be as good as Bale one day, you know, almost like as a because Bale. It wasn't long after Bale obviously had left that he um, he, he he sort of broke through, and and I just remember it was almost felt a ludicrous thing to say because he was this kind of fringe player from the youth team that hadn't really kind of made much of an impact and didn't maybe look quite up to it. Um, I absolutely love the guy. I think he's an ambassador. I think on and off the pitch, he's just an absolutely wonderful player. I don't understand the sticky gets from other fans, but I think it's largely out of jealousy and, and, and things like that. So, yeah, 100%, he is the best striker, the best player I've ever seen in a Tottenham shirt. I probably chucked Ginola, Ginola in there as well. And um, and and I, and I love him. And, and I think, you know, tonight... And actually, really, when you look at kind of Villa and, and, and I suppose thinking back to Brentford too, the one thing that's been quite different post-World Cup is that he's staying quite high up. He's not dropping into that kind of... I mean, it's not even number 10 position half the time. He's almost dropping back into midfield and, and spreading the ball out. Now, you know, everyone's raving about Haaland, this this kind of just... this Like he's some kind of mutated gene that someone's discovered and, and all of a sudden uh, that, you know... Some some impacts that from from Roy Keane on his dad, and all of a sudden he's created this kind of monster that basically is just scoring goals for for fun. He he doesn't have many touches in a game. He gets on the end of things and scores incredible. Uh, well, sorry, not incredible goals. He scores quite simple simple looking goals. Harry Kane tonight didn't have much of the ball, didn't have many touches in that first half. He wasn't massively involved. He was barely involved at all against Villa. And then you just see that little ball from Brian Hill, the way he takes it, just short, sharp snap into into the bottom corner. Okay, the first goal... Far post, he's he's risking getting an absolute clatter in there, but he's brave and he puts his head on it and he and he puts it away, and that's that's two goals. And then actually, you start to see him come into the game a little bit more, a few balls over for Sonny. So, I, I, I what what can you say about Harry Kane? We've we've got to keep him, we've got to uh, get him on the, on that new contract. The only way we can do that is by backing Conte. And um and 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 having a long term vision for this football club, which we we've been saying this year after year after year after year, and we always just seem to do well not even just enough sometimes, but we do just enough, and we haven't backed we haven't backed managers, and and, and I know and I, I know there's one or two people sort of saying this as well tonight in the in the comments of sort of like you know let's not be short sighted, let's not you know the dopamine's kicking in from from a result like this. My opinion on. Enik and Levy is that. I tell you what, Carl, we'll, oh, we'll, we'll come. To, we'll, we'll come on to this um, in in a short bit. Um, Rick, let's come to you um, because we want to talk about Antonio Conte's comments and uh, the transfer window and about the board. So we'll come on to that shortly. So sorry to interrupt there. Um, 
Ricky, let's come to you. 66th minute, um, Pape Matasar coming on, skip going off. Uh, I felt uh, personally that Saar done extremely well and took his opportunity. I always say that when players are given opportunities, it is all about grabbing them. Um, lots of reports out, very similar to Brian Hill, about him possibly going out uh, in the January, January window on loan. Would you like to see him stay now for the, for the rest of the season? From what we saw tonight... The, the, the biggest thing that I can say is that he didn't come on and panic. He didn't look like a, a, a young player that was, you know, thrust in the, uh, into the spotlight and now he's got to perform and now he's trying to overplay. Or, or I mean, He was calm, he was assured, he was compact, he was composed. There were so many things about his play that I really did appreciate. And right now, if the midfield is what it is and we're not going to bring anybody else in, to the midfield area, then I, 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 you know, I would say, why not? Why not keep him around? Why not uh, keep him as like maybe the, the 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 fifth midfielder there, or or along those ways? Do you know what I mean? But again, even if he does go out on loan, let's hope it's to an English side in in either the Premiership or the Championship, um, so he can kind of build up that strength and build up that that knowledge. You know, especially under a good coach. If he does go on loan, then uh, let, let's hope that he does develop for the Premiership the time that he does come back from, from a loan, if he does. But, yeah, I'd be happy to kind of keep him around the squad because he looked like somebody you could trust. You know, he'd been to the World Cup. He, he, yeah. he played in a, in, in a relegation side last, last year on loan where he was relied upon. You know, um, every time that the, 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 the who did he play for? Wren, I think it was. Was it Wren? I can't remember. Mets. Um, oh, Mets. Mets. Well done, well done. But, um, you know, Mets are in, you know, they was in dire straits a lot of the time and they would bring him on to try and change the game or try and solidify the game. So he's been he's been relied upon. He's been in, in tough situations before. And I think he's just been waiting for his chance. And I'm so happy that he got it and I'm so happy that he took it. Let's hope again, like the boys have been saying there, that come Portsmouth, he gets a start there. Do you know what I mean? I, I, I wouldn't be upset if Skippy and Saar started that game, you know, uh, just to kind of give them a run out, give them some more minutes under their belt, let them get a rhythm, let them be relied upon and, and, and let's see what comes out. But um, yeah, I, I was really impressed by Saar today and I was impressed by when he came on in the World Cup, the touches and the fact that he wasn't overawed there and he wasn't overawed tonight. And I'm just happy that he did kind of put a stamp on what type of player that he is and what he could could become in the future. Craig, let's come to you. Let's talk a little bit about Hunmin Son because, of course, in Antonio Conte's press conference, he said, uh, if we doubt Hunmin Son, we're in trouble. We trust him 100%. Uh, he scored Tottenham's fourth goal uh, this evening. I know we haven't spoke about the third goal yet, but in the 67th minute, Hunmin Son threw on goal. Uh, it ended up being offside, but at, at the time, he didn't know that. The goalkeeper saved. He looked very, very disappointed. What did you make of Hunmin Son this evening? Well, he, he, look, he kept going, which is that's all you can do as a striker is shorten confidence and shorten goals. He kept going and got his, his reward in the end. <clears throat> that one you're talking about where he went through, I was, obviously you're willing him to score to get yeah. the team a goal, but you know, for, for, for Sonny himself and get that confidence. But and you could see in his face, he's like, oh, God, you know, you know, Mr. No one sort of thing. Because a confident Hingman Son would have buried that. All right, it would have been offside, but he, he would have he would have buried it. And confidence is a, is a is such a funny thing with especially with strikers. 
you get one, it goes in off your bum or something like that, and all of a sudden you're firing again, and that confidence is, is, is up. And shortly after he scored, you know, he went on a run. It was just a bit more driving and a bit more. Uh, I think he was brought down actually. He went past two or three players, and you could almost see instantly that confidence was back. So, you know, and he, he had a huge smile on his face that we're all, um, you know, used to seeing. And he's played without that the last few few weeks. So, you know, he's had a tough time of it. He wasn't playing particularly well before he got the the the, the eye socket injury. Obviously, battled to get to play with his country in the World Cup. Didn't have a brilliant World Cup. So that you know he would have been disappointed with that, and then obviously coming back and not putting in his best to displace for Tottenham. So you know he's he's had a difficult few months, and to see him get that goal again, like like um like Kane, it can only be a good thing. That confidence it breeds confidence breeds confidence, not throughout just the player but the team as well. Clean sheets a massive thing as well, you know. So so it's all for once uh, over the last few weeks. There's kind of um, chinks of sunshine coming through the clouds, which um, I think it's been very overcast over the last few weeks in Tottenham. So it's really, really nice to talk about a really good victory. It was so nice, actually, in the away end, because uh, all the, the Spurs fans singing about Hunmin Son. And, and as walking off the pitch, he just kept turning round, uh, clapping and, and waving. It, it was such a great moment for him. Um, Carl, what have you made of Hunmin Son's season so far? Because, of course, scored all those goals last season. Um you know, top goal scorer, absolutely fantastic performances. This season hasn't quite worked out for him. What have you made of his season so far? Well, as the lads have said around confidence, uh, he is a confidence player. He is one of those players where when he goes a few games without a goal, you know, I mean, I, I must admit in that first half when he kind of ballooned that one over, it, there wasn't much to, not that you'd replace him that early, but there wasn't much to replace him on the bench tonight. And I was beginning to think he almost needs that little bit of a stint where he needs a little bit of a rest. He needs to come back in. And then like, like when we saw him come off, when he did break his first duck this season and kind of, and, and scored, scored, um, uh, was it in the, it was in the Champions League. I can't remember which game it was now, but so, so though that I think, um, he just needs confidence. He needs, he needs, now he's got that goal, I think we'll begin to see the player again. It's a nasty injury that he's had. It looked fairly innocuous at the time, but it is a nasty injury he's had. And and even just playing with that mask on and stuff like that, and whether his confidence has been uh, been been knocked a little bit from from that, who knows? But um, I I think tonight was the beginnings because obviously there was he blazed one over. I think he got put through on put through by Kane, didn't he? But it was offside. But he kind of missed that one as well, although it was it was on target. It. And then, obviously, with the finish, uh, you know, if you, the, the close with the finish shows, it does take a slight deflection. It looked like it was on target anyway, but it does take a slight deflection. Who knows? It's maybe that bit of luck that he needed. So, hopefully, tonight's the start of getting getting that that player back because because we need him. There's no there's no return date for Richarlison yet. Um, we we don't have a, Kulisevsky. You know, th- it feels like Kulisevsky's injury is just kind of. Uh, are a bit niggly and he kind of just, you know, oh, we might be back or we're not going to risk him. Hopefully he's back for Arsenal. We need a fit and fire in Hungmin Son to, uh, to, to, for the second half of the season. Yeah, I don't think we should all be getting carried away, even though we won 4-0 tonight, having uh, having got Arsenal and Manchester City up next in the Premier League. Um, 
Ricky, do you want to talk us through the uh, the third and fourth goals? Of course, uh, Matt Doherty and Hunmin Son. And as Carl said there, it's just so nice for Hunmin Son to get on the score sheet. It must do him the world of confidence today. Uh, and, and, and as we've seen this evening, put a huge smile on his face. Yeah, I mean, on, you know, on, on Sonny, um, you know, after the game that he had, it was a bit, it was a bit reflective of the season. He, he got into some good positions, he shot over or shot wide. You know, he, there's been a couple of dribbles that he, he, the ball doesn't seem to stick to his foot anymore. It seems very bouncy and very bitty and, and it allows the opposition to nick it off of him and, and you know, counter-press us then. And then we're on the back foot again. And, you know, you saw him take off the mask against Aston Villa and be, be that frustrated as well. So yeah. for him to kind of get... Um, you know, even the, the the pass for Kane against Aston Villa, the one where he just overshot it just slightly, and Kane's like, "Sonny, come on, man!" Like, as in, like that's a simple thing that they would have down. We saw what they done last season, and we've seen what they've done season in, season out. Them two as a partnership, so they do know each other's game. So, even that pass against Villa, where you know Harry was just in front of him, and all he had to do is kind of cushion it to him, but he just overshot it. That look back from Kane is like, "What's going on, bro?" Like, you know, like what's what's happening here? So for him to have that bitty game again, soon as that ball went up in the air, you know, from Harry Kane and he just gave the defender a little nudge just to get a little something on that ball, brought it down and then, you know, like managed to kind of trickle it in there. It was a half shot, wasn't it? It was a it was a snapshot almost. But um, I I think it's going to do the world of good for him, especially after that type of game. But like Craig was saying, all he kept doing was kept going, kept going, head back up, kept going. So I think with not only was the preseason in South Korea amongst that type of fan base, right, where the country depend on you. Do you know what I mean? Like he is the he is the nation star, and um, you know it was a grueling preseason. Then the the grueling Premiership where it was like every two days we're getting a game, every two days, every two days, and. He wasn't finding it. And then the injury. And then that emotion of, am I going to make the World Cup? I know my country relies on me. Then he goes to the World Cup. And his country is relying on him. And, and, he, and he's not really the Sonny that we all know and love. You know, he's wearing a mask. He, he didn't, there was a couple of moves in the World Cup where naturally we would have thought that Sonny would have buried it or, or would have made something happen. But he just wasn't at the height that he was. So coming back with all of those disappointments, the emotions, he's an emotional player as well. You see it how many times that he'll have a cry or he'll have a big beaming smile in his face. You know, yeah. so he's a, he's a person that is emotional as well. So he's had all of that pressure, all of this one. He knows, he loves the Tottenham fans. He loves Tottenham and he loves the Tottenham fans because we love him. We know what he's about. And we, we've backed him through barren spells before and and... So for him to score that goal and to get that ovation and to get those songs tonight and for him to keep turning around and clapping to the crowd, that means so much to Sonny. And I just hope that he bottles it up and kind of, you know, it reinvigorates his heart and his soul and his emotions and all of that pressure that he's had on his head and his shoulders for so long. I hope that really does reinvigorate him and just go, all right, cool. I I love the Lily Whites. Let me go and and be the Sonny that you know and love and let me kick on from here. You know, um, and then for Doherty as well, the the the, the Doherty goal. Again, it it was where Sonny he he done a dribble, and normally he would take it past the goalkeeper, or he would he would be able to find something to do. But it, I felt that almost he dribbled it out of play. He didn't, but it was going that way. 
And then he tried to square it across for Harry Kane again to get his hat trick, but the deflection came off of a Palace player. But the whole time Doherty was calling for it. The whole time he he ran up there to support, and he was in the box, and he was in space, and he was calling for it. And it just so happens that the deflection falls to his foot, and he 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 puts in the third or fourth goal. I can't remember which one it was now. But um, you know, so again, that's 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 great to see a performance from Doherty, where, where we've seen him kind of track back, we've seen him push up, we've seen him be a little bit brave, we've seen him overlap, we've seen him cross a bit, we've seen him shoot a bit wayward. It wasn't like 100%. It was not like I think he's the answer. But to see a performance from him and a reaction from him wearing a Spurs shirt uh, when we needed it most, it was it was fantastic. It was fantastic to see. I was going to swear then. But it, 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 it was fantastic. It was fantastic to see. So, he, no, he's not the answer, I don't think. Um, but, you know, um, to see that performance, see that reaction, if that's what's coming next week and a week after and a week after that, then more power to him. Because I don't want to sit here, and I know none of us want to sit here and slag off any Tottenham player. You know, I, I, want, him to, I want him to do well. I want him to, you know, to be the player that we all thought that they were going to be when they turn up. But we just know as Spurs fans that sometimes it just doesn't work in a Spurs shirt. doesn't matter how great their highlight reel is on YouTube. Sometimes it just doesn't work in a Spurs shirt, i.e. Ndombele and Lacelso And, you know, yeah. so we, we, we have had a history of it. But this is why, again, it's so important to get the ones, instead of spending on two cheap players, put that money together and get the one player that Conte wants in that position and we could be a dynamite side. We could be flying with a proper right wing back, as we've said for the last, I don't know how many seasons now. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah, we do certainly have that conversation a lot. Uh, well, late on, Emerson Royale came on for Matt Doherty. Cessnion came on for Brian Hill. Uh, ten minutes from time, Hugo Lloris made another good save from a long-range effort. And then four minutes from time, Davis and White coming on for Perisic and Lengley. Um, Craig, let's come to you. Um, let's talk about David's comment here. Uh, back in a manager means trusting his judgment on players he wants and those he wants out and accommodating him not buying cheapest options. Um, now, of course, the January transfer window is a couple of days old. Um, what do you expect Spurs to do in this January transfer window? Do you think that Antonio Conte will be backed? And what have you made of Antonio Conte's comments in the press conferences in the last couple of days? I know there's a lot of questions there. I know there's a lot to cover. Um, but I've got to say, me personally, every time I hear Antonio Conte in a press conference... It just makes me feel more worried as a Spurs fan. Does it do the same to you? No, it does, absolutely. Uh, just cover that one off first. Um, there has been so many questions directed to him, and it, it must get him down a bit because he does answer the question and, and somebody else asks him the next week. But the thing is, until he commits to the club, he's going to get those questions. Until he gives a straight answer, he's going to get those questions. Now, what what, what is he going to say? If his thoughts are, okay, I'm going to be off in the summer. He's not. He's certainly not going to say that. Um, if he's still on the fence, if he's waiting to see if the board back him and get him the players that he wants, then, in, you know, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to work out. He's more likely to sign a new contract if he feels like he's being backed and getting the players in. Because, because the one thing he's been consistently said, and he is quite open in his press conferences, is, is you know... If, you know, I'm paraphrasing, but I want the players in that I want to do the job, to make the club better, to make the team better, to make the squad better, to yep. 
allow us a better chance of winning trophies. So he has he has said that. Um, the thing for me is with Spurs, really thinking back on the last few summer transfer windows, the, the club has spent a hell of a lot of money. Now, if you look at the likes of the window where we got Le Celso and Ndombele, you know, at the time we was all quite excited about it, but there are two signings that clearly didn't work, but they spent a hell of a lot of money on them. The summer after that, it was the summer we got Jack Clark, didn't work. Joe Hart, didn't work. Bale, did work, but wasn't played enough. Um, Regulon, we all thought it worked, but clearly he went off the boil. There was a couple of other players you could throw into that. So they've spent money. They've spent a lot of money, but not always, you know, the, the recruitment hasn't perhaps been as good as it should be. You know, and even last summer, was the recruitment good enough? You know, we was all quite excited after transfer window, but kind of because we signed five or six players so so early, we was expecting a deadline day signing that never came, like a big name. And I think we spoke, Chris, you know, we both felt we was one short, you know, that two. big two. Yeah, could, yeah, you could throw two in there, definitely. But, and again, it's like, like we said earlier, I can't remember who said it, We've just done enough a lot of the time. We don't go that extra mile. If I still maintain, I've said it on here loads of times, that season with Potch, if we'd bought a couple of players that, that, in that window when um, uh, Dembele left, or he might have been the one before that, we would have won the league that season. It was the season before, actually, but we would have won the league because we were two players short and they didn't invest and they didn't get the right players in. And... For me, it's you know, what is it a sign of madness? Is it they say when you keep doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result? And that is Tottenham to a T. That is Tottenham to a T. So Daniel Levy surely must must be looking at it, and Donna Cullen and the ball must be looking at it and saying, look, we've got to support this man because what sort of business model have you got, and what sort of business are you running if you're if you're not doing that? Because every single Spurs fan can see it but the ball don't. Now, you're not telling me we haven't got the money. We are the richest club, I believe, in the Premier League for FIFA fair play rules because we've got the most money to spend, is what I'm saying. That, that stadium is generating hundreds of thousands of pounds. If you want to be a big club, you've got to act like a big club. And now is the time because, I tell you, if Conte walks, that ball, their situation is untenable for me. Craig, they, they can't, the, the board can't be very happy, can they, at the moment with what uh, Antonio Conte is coming out with in the press conferences, surely? Probably not, because the truth hurts, doesn't it? You know, that's the bottom line. You know, if you're his employer, like if you're Daniel Levy sitting there and he's thinking, oh, Christ, what is he going to say now? I get, you know, I get it. But, you know, Levy can do something about that. You know, the solution is there for all to see. Um, whilst David put there trouble is Craig only a manager knows the players he wants and needs to balance his team Levy buys the cheap option absolutely yeah time and time again it's what I said we always go for the cheap option we always try and get out of jail the, the cheapest way and it's, it's it's the Spence deal for me is the one because that Spence deal should have been over the line weeks before it was right that was, a Levy, that was no but that was a Levy um you know, he was doing the negotiations from what we're told, whereas Fabio Bratigi was doing the other ones. Got them over the line, got them done like that, didn't he? You know, he had four or five signings in June. We're all getting excited. 
And then the Spence one, we think, you know, get him, get him on the plane to, to Korea. And of course, it dragged on and on and on and on. But, you know, um, haggling over a couple of million, all right, a million's a million quid. But, you know, let's face it, come on. If the lad's that good, you just pay what, what they wanted. So you can't keep going round and round in circles. And we have chats on here and we talk about the same thing over and over and over again. And I would love a board. Like, I'm not saying I want us to be taken over by the Saudis, like Newcastle or anything like that. But I'm saying somebody, if, if Enoch don't act now, then, as I say, the position's untenable for me. And it's perhaps time for them to look at selling up and going, giving somebody else a go. Just very quickly, Craig, um, do you think Conte will be backed in the way that you want him to in the January window? Yes or no? <laughs> I've been a Spurs fan and seen seen the way other managers haven't been backed for too long. So I, I'm not I'm not being pessimistic. I think we will sign players, but I'm not convinced uh, on, on, on history, not even recent history on history, that he's going to be back fully. I'll be amazed. You know, come the end of the window, I'll come in here and say I was wrong, but I just can't see it. We will get players in, whether they'll be the players he wants, whether we'll ever know that they're the players he wants. Is he likely to come out and say, well, we got two and three in, but they weren't the players I wanted. He's not going to say that. So perhaps we'll never know until the day goes. But I, ju I just can't see it. I'd love to be wrong. Though. Carl, sorry, I interrupted you on this subject. I know you've got a lot to say on this subject. Um, same, same questions to you. How do you see this panning out? Well, yeah, I got on my soapbox a bit early, early didn't I? I, I think for me... Um, I suppose to give context to kind of where I think it's going to go, um, I, I understand why people want Enoch out, why uh, people want, want Levy out. I think we have we, everything that's been said about there's three or four moments going back to 2010, 2016-17, 2018 after the World Cup, and, and pretty much, you know, now where there are moments where we go, we've got the opportunity to step up and, and back a manager. And, and it has gone on for so long now, um, you know, without trophies. The one thing I will say, and I'm not defending Enoch and, and Levy, but we also could be Everton. You know, when you look at what... When, when, when people talk about, you know, the amount of trophies in 20 years and so on since they took over, they took us over at a time when we'd stagnated in the most important decade of our entire history, when the Premier League came in under the sugar years, we saw what happened with our neighbours down the road. They became a, a big force, and that, that kind of took them on to build a new stadium. We we also could be Everton, who are have never been anywhere near the Champions League, who have been in relegation battles season in, season out. Similar history to us in terms of a prestigious club with a big fan base and so on. So I think that, that we always have to balance that. When we say, oh, we're nowhere near City, we're nowhere near Man United, we're nowhere near with these teams, we are also leagues ahead of Everton, both as a football club, on the pitch and off the pitch. So... Then it's pointed at Levy to say he runs us as a business. Yes, he does run us as a business. Whether we like it or not, football is a business. It's a massive, massive business, and it has to be run in a way that is sustainable. Having said all of that, there are times when this football club has not shown the ambition that we all want to see as fans, that we all pain through the nose to go and watch this club year in, year out, the disappointments we've had, the, the the times when we've stuck a reserve goalkeeper in in an FA Cup semi-final, you know, the kind of things where you just go, 
what is i mean we, we're playing portsmouth at the weekend who knocked us out of our best opportunity to win a cup in that entire thing they're currently mid-table in league one so that's what's happened to them in the intervening years whereas we we still so we are a massive football club we need to invest and bring in these players i can't see it's always like what could be the next step we we had the best manager I believe in my in my Spurs supporting lifetime in Pochettino, and we did not back him. We had we had a pound for pound one of the best starting elevens in world football at that time, and we had nothing on the bench. We never backed him to to, to add that quality that we needed to take us on to the next step. He walked away. He just looked exhausted. Mourinho eventually looked exhausted. He probably wasn't the right fit. Nuno was a yes man. Conte came in this passionate guy, this winner, and you start to see some of that body language creeping in as if to go, oh, I get it now. This is why this club hasn't won anything. This is why, this is what I'm up against, you know? So, and, and I was, weirdly enough, I was thinking about this, of if you, on a very different scale, when Leeds were in the championship, the amount of managers that were tempted to Leeds because they thought they'd be the one that would take Leeds back to the Premier League, you know, be this big job and be this hero. And I think we're the Premier League version of that. I think lots of managers look and go, well, look at the players they've got. Look at the stadium they've got. Look at all this stuff. I'll be the man to predict. And, and my worry was before tonight, you were looking at Conte going, oh, no, I can't do this, actually. This is this is impossible. So all of that, what does that mean for this month? They have to be backed. And if not, Levy, I, I think Levy, we, we get used to this PR kind of thing at the end of a season that have got, got further and further away from reality in recent years about like a manager who plays the club's style and stuff. We need to hear what their plan is for our football club for the next five, ten years. There was the European Super League stuff. That all got swept under the carpet very quickly, not by, not by the supporters' trust and so on, but it's all disappeared. You know, they they have to understand how we feel as a fan base. We need to win. Uh, I don't think our current mood's helped by who's top of the league, and I think they've been through a similar phase when we were looking okay. But we have to spend 300, 400 million over the next two to three transfer windows. Not over the next two to three years, over the next two to three transfer windows to become competitors. Because if not, they need, I think now, to step aside and allow someone to come in who's going to invest that into the football club. Because everything else, every single thing is in place and we've got to thank Enik for a lot of that. But if they are not going to push us on to the next stage to mean that we can compete on the football pitch, that there was no point in any of it. So I'm ready now to either see them invest or sell up. There's, there's, they are the only two options. We can't keep having this conversation year in, year out. Is it realistic, though, Cole, a change in ownership at the club? I think there's enough. There must, Tottenham Hotspur Football Club, I, I suppose the thing you've got to do is go and negotiate with them for how much they want for it. So we know that negotiating with, with them isn't necessarily the, uh, the, the, the best thing so whether that whether there's been inquiries and people have been scared off by the price I mean we still don't have a stadium sponsor do we you know let's face it however much we want for the stadium sponsorship that was supposed to be the next big thing of hundreds of millions of pounds a year and stuff so there must be people out there who would snap your hands off a Tottenham Hotspur football club and and the potential is there um for for us to to be a major, major force in world football for decades to come. And that might sound unrealistic to some people. And some people might say, that's just... But we've got one of the best stadiums in the world. We've got iconic players. Uh, we are we are year in, year out in the top sort of 10, 12 income. We've got every reason 
to to be one of the top top football clubs in the world and let's face it we're kidding ourselves if we think we are at the moment so someone needs to take us on to that next step and if any can't do that I would thank them for where they've taken us because we could be Everton. We could be fighting relegation year in, year out. And we're not. We don't have to worry about that. Our frustration is that we're not up there with the Cities and the Uniteds and, unfortunately, this season, the Arsenals. So um, I, I would I would thank them for giving us that platform and that foundation to, to, to compete at that level. But if they're not going to be the ones that are going to push us onto that level, we can't and don't want to be the team that just is happy to finish fourth and not win a cup for 20 years. So, yeah, that that is where I'm at at the moment with it. I just think I, we need to hear from the board. We need to hear from Levy. He can't bury his head and sit in the stand, which is not a pleasant experience as a human being, let's face it. I, I do believe he wants what's best for Tottenham Hotspur Football Club. I, I think that he is driven by the spreadsheets and balancing the books. I think he has limitations on what money's available that could be invested above him. He, you know, let's face it, it's not his money he's spending. So, you know, I, I I do think that he will always run the football club in what he, the way he thinks is best. And of course, as fans, we want to, we want to throw money around at transfer windows and, and you can't do that. But as the lads have already said, We've, we're back now with full stadiums. We're back now with concerts and NFL. And, and I know some people think we're a theme park for all of that. But these are foundational things that will bring investment to our football club for the next 50 years. And my, we, we, we all miss the lane. But my son will be taking his grandkids to Tottenham in, in that stadium in 50 years' time. We couldn't have done that at White Hart Lane. So all of these things are... Have set this football club up for the next fifty years, hundred years. So we're a fantastic investment for somebody, and God knows when when that first trophy comes or when we do win that league title again. I pray I'm around to see it. That we we basically just at what will we be like as a fan base? It will be absolutely amazing. But I, I can't I can't see how that's I can't see that's happening at the moment under the current ownership. So yeah, I'd say I'd say thank you, but it's time to sell up if you're not going to be the ones to invest. Paul, wouldn't you say um, that? From, because for me, how refreshing wouldn't it be? For, and how easy would this be for Levy to come out and put a video out on the website, on YouTube, or whatever, and just turn around and say, "I hear, I hear what every all the fans are saying. I can categorically come out and say we will be backing this manager because we want to compete." for league titles, not just the top four. That's all he would need to say. And then, obviously, he'd need to follow through on it, or he'd look like an idiot. So, if it was me, and I was I, had, I was a billionaire owner, I would be doing that quite regularly and saying, look, I'm going to be back in the match. We're going to be trying to get him the best players and uh, get the best players into this club. For, for me, uh, perhaps I'm looking at it too simply, but for me, that's, that's the way to behave, personally, and not sit there quietly. I know he's not that type of guy, but, you know... He, he, sorry, but he's he's the chairman. He needs to be, and as you said many times, he's they don't you know they're the, just the custodians of this club. Well, start acting like you, it actually means something to you. One hundred percent agree with you about the stadium. It's his legacy. I think he's done, and Enoch has done, a, especially Daniel Levy's done a fantastic job with that stadium, the training ground, everything. As you said, everything is there except the one thing. Everything is right except the one thing that needs to be right. Uh, Ricky, where do you stand on it? Because I've got to admit. Um, when Maurizio Pochettino was sacked, I was absolutely gutted at the time. Um, but when Jose Mourinho came in, I was extremely excited. The reason why I was excited is that Jose Mourinho won trophies at every single club where he has managed. Now, it's, it's just turned out that way. 
You know, a, a few people joked about it. Spurs will be the only club where Jose Mourinho don't win a trophy. Of course, that happened. Then, of course, um, Nuno, we, we won't even go there. Um, but when you appoint a world-class manager in his prime, Antonio Conte, surely this has to be different. Surely this has to be different at this time of backing a manager. Um, you know, forget what's in the past. You have to do it, you know, now. We're in, we're in a fantastic stadium. You know, we all go on about our stadium, training facilities. We've got uh, the likes of uh, Harry Kane, Hunmin um, Son, etc., um, but I tell you what, I'll be completely honest. Last night when the press conferences come out, the embargoed section, um, and listening to Antonio Conte saying the ambition is to you know, compete for a Premier League and a Champions League, um, but it isn't his task at Tottenham Hotspur. He is just here uh, to put us back in the right direction. Um, I must admit, I watched that press conference back three times. Um, and every single time I listened to Antonio Conte, I was very worried about him, number one, walking away, and two, the club not backing him. Uh, it's like he's been told that that's not going to happen what he wants. Um, what's your take on it? Because I just feel like it, it has to be now. You know, when you've got a world-class manager, we've gone through Pochettino, uh, Jose Mourinho, Antonio Conte, you know, three fantastic managers um, in European football. It has to be now, because if this doesn't work, where on earth do you go from here? You know what, for me, for, for, for me, Chris, look, when Mourinho came in, the first thing that I had a massive rant with Anthony Costa, and I said yeah. he'll be the only manager that doesn't win a trophy at Tottenham. And he's like, Rick, what are you talking about? Rick, trust me, it's Mourinho. And I'm like, all right, cool. And after lockdown, I gave him benefit of the doubt. My, my thoughts were he was going to destroy everything that Pochettino built. OK, um, look, it went the way that it went. <clears throat> We've been Titanic FC for a minute. If you wanted a project manager, then you should have gone for Potter. You should have gone for Howe. You should have gone, you know, back to Pochettino. You, you, you could have gone for somebody who would kind of fit that, that, that policy of bringing in young ones, you know, developing them, hopefully getting a gem and hopefully pushing on that way. You do not bring in Antonio Conte if that's what you want to happen, okay? They knew that he, he can be volatile. They know that he's emotional. They know that he, he wants the best. Um, so you can't bring him in and then not back him. Like like the gents have said there, you know, um, with Antonio Conte, that he's come in for Kane, for Son, for Hugo Lloris. Those, those players that have been there for ages and we still haven't, gone past that, 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 that line and we haven't lifted a trophy for, for those players and for, for us. So if you're going to bring in, if you're going to bring in somebody like Conte, then you have to give him what he needs. We know that, you know, we, we've had some players that have been there since the Poch era and there's been many a time that we've felt that they're not good enough. I, I'm so happy that everybody turned up at the end of last season. As soon as Conte turned up, and they started to put a run together. We had some bumpy rides before we had that run. Do you know what I mean? We had that Burnley game after Man City, and we had certain things happening around that time. But then, Conte, the one thing that I love about him is that he does hold that board to account. He does hold that scouting system to account. And with all the comments that came after the Burnley game, it forced those that the board to go and act, and we brought in Benton Carrot and Kulazewski. Now, both of those was not 60, 80, or 100 million pound players, but they were the right players in the right positions where we needed them most 
in January and going forward. And they took us, if it wasn't for their impetus, you know, Bentecourt in midfield and Kulu on, on the right hand side there, just bringing some magic and, and some energy and some and, and, and goals and assists. You know, if it wasn't for that, that reinvigorated that the side, I don't think we would have made top four. So take that as an example right now. Instead of spending money on, on players that the manager doesn't want, go out there and show him that he can be backed. Just go out there and get him the ones that we want. Now, we know where we're weak. We said this in the summer. We said left centre back. We've said right wing back. And we've said creative midfielder stroke attacker. Okay? Yeah. We've said this. Every Spurs fan said it. On every show that you're on, Chris... Everybody says the same thing. Now, we knew that in the summer. Now, right now, if we can get some deals done in those problem areas, we're going to be a totally different side. And not only that, Antonio Conte is going to have that feeling about him where it's like, oh, no, I've needed this and they've brought this in. And that gives him faith and confidence in what the board are saying upstairs and, and what they're saying, you know, in private, but as well as in public because they've gone out there and they've done it. You know, Antonio Conte is a man who doesn't like lies. He doesn't like, you said it many a time, he doesn't like good lies, he doesn't like bad lies. Even when he's talking to the fans, he don't want to tell us good lies or bad lies. But if I take that example from last year, Burnley, maybe all of the things in the press conferences, and I said to you in the last show, Chris, you know, it's the first time that I've ever felt that it's a bit rocky with Conte. I thought that he was always going to be here. But the last couple of things, the press conferences that have come out, I can see this... I can see it happening again and that feeling's around again where the excuses are going to come out. We need to sell to buy. We need to loan to buy. We need to do this. We need to do that. We need to do it the cheap way. Right now, get, get that money and take a risk. Take a risk on this world-class manager. Take a risk on the now. Then that's why you brought him in. It was because you wanted to rectify now. So he wants to build solid, solid foundations. He wants to push this club forward. Give him what he needs. And there can be a compromise. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't have to be a 30-year-old at 80 million. You can find gems at 25 years old. You can find the people in the positions that he needs for this, strong, for this squad to be stronger, for us to push forward. And it, we could have the same Bentecourt-Kulo effect if we go out there and get him to high quality. And it doesn't have to be stupid money. We've seen that, in fact, I saw a graphic on, on Twitter where they put out, all of the um, highest highest spends on, on players, the highest transfers fee on, on players, and asked how many times, how many of these have been an, a, a success? And it's very few, bro. Out of 20, it was very few. It was like three to five. And that's from across the club. That's not just Tottenham. That's across the league. Okay? So money doesn't solve everything. But if you go out there and get the right players, the right profile for the right price at the right age, this this side could go somewhere special. Do you know what I mean? And and then at least Antonio Conte's got those tools that he can work with to create more miracles. You know, to, to get Davies playing out of his skin last year, I thought Davies was done. I thought Dyer was done last year before Conte came in. You know, there, there's a couple of players in that side where I was just like, oh, but he did he did rinse and repeat and he and he got some so, some more levels out of these players. Fantastic. But now give him what he needs. Give him what he needs, and if you give him that, then imagine how far he can push this side. Imagine how how kind of excited the players would be that Antonio is excited that he's got the one that he needs in this position and in that position. Don't tell us about the summer. If there's an opportunity to go out there and do it right now, show us, you know, inspire us, inspire that uh, that squad, inspire 
uh, Conte and inspire every single Tottenham fan listening and watching and that that spend all of their spare time checking up on Tottenham news like I do, you know, inspire us all. Show us that, that things have changed. Because if you wanted that project manager, if you wanted somebody to do it uh, with £15 million players, with young players of a certain profile and a certain wage bracket, and you wanted to grow them in, then we've got the wrong manager for that job. Do you know what I mean? Like, yes, he can do it, but it's not the way. It's not his way. Give him what he needs, plus, and, and we will flourish. And we will see a different side of Tottenham. And we can see a different side of this board if they were for the, for, for the first time, like Carl was saying, and like Craig was saying there, for the first time ever, that when we need it the most and when we're about to push again and go to that next level, that this ball go, you know what, there you go. Go get who you need to get. I, I don't want to speak about the Gooners, but the Gooners and their Gooner board, and think about how toxic Gooner fans were for a long time, and inside the stadium, outside the stadium, but suddenly the Gooner board, they, they gave like Arteta, I think it's like 400 million in players and stuff over the time that he's been there. Okay. Do you know what I mean? Like, come on. You've got to, like, you, you, you've got to risk something. You've got to put something out there. I know your fingers are burnt by Endembele and Lacelso and, and other players that you spent money on. But cut your losses. You know what I mean? Make a deal. Get them gone. Get some money in so that you can reinvest. Or go and do what you've got to do. We can't just keep sending players out on loan and, and hoping that, that, that they, we're going to get the money that we paid for them. It's not going to happen right now. You know? So... So come on, boys, you've got an opportunity, the board, everyone up there that loves Tottenham, that really does love Tottenham. And you, you can change the perception right here, right now, or you can fall back into what every single Tottenham fan, like Craig was saying earlier, every single Tottenham fan knows. Do you know what I mean? That mm, we, we, We'll get there, but we just won't push it. We just won't go past it. We just won't spend that extra 10, that extra 15, that extra 20 mil on that player. That would make a difference. You know, so so history, like Craig was saying, history has shown us a lot. It has shown us a lot. History speaks for itself. So they've got an opportunity to change their history, to change their perception, the board out there, by backing a world-class manager that knows what he's doing in his prime. You, you've switched the whole fan base to get behind this guy and to switch our philosophy of what type of football we like to see as well to back this guy, it's time for you to back him too. And yes, you, you improved the squad in the summer. You improved the squad. But how many of those did improve? Did, 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 did they improve their first 11? It's time to go and do that now. It's time to level up. It's time to upgrade. Do you know what I mean? And make the deals that you've got to make on the side. And whoever's got to leave has got to leave. You know, but do it. Make it happen. I feel like there's so much more that we need to cover on, on this subject, but we don't have time for it. So we will revisit uh, these points on a, on a future show. I've got three questions left for you all. And uh, we are now recording past midnight. So I will uh, try and wrap this up fairly quickly. Um, two very quick ones for you. Um, how many players do you think we will sign in the January transfer window? Just give me a number. I'm going to go with one. Craig? Two. Carl? Uh, three. Three? I'm going to go... I'm going to go two. Okay. Um, I would love. Th we'll I would love three, though. I would love three. <laughs> yeah, we would all love three. Uh, I hope you're right, Cole. Um, will Antonio Conte be our manager at the start of next season? Um, I'll answer this one last, Craig. No, no, no. Cole, everything I've heard, no. 
I, this is the eternal optimist in me. I'm going to, I'm going to say yes. I'm, I'm going to say he'll be here at the end of this season. Does that count? <laughs> <laughs> wow. I don't, I, you, with, with Conte and with this board, you just don't know. I think it all depends on January. So I would hope so, because to start a whole project again, to get players out, which a new manager doesn't want, and to switch philosophies, and to do all of the... To start again right now, it, it, I, I don't... I just, I just don't want it. I'm tired. Do you know what I mean? Of, of regurgitating the same old, same old, same old. So I would hope that they back him right now. And as soon as this uh, transfer window is done, he signs a new deal. Kane signs a new deal, and we're cooking for next year. So I'm going to stay optimistic and say yes if you really push me. I'm gonna, I'm gonna agree with Craig. I don't think he's going to be. Um, that's the way I feel at the moment. I'm hoping that things change. And uh, I'm hoping that, uh, as Carl said, we get three signings in. Wouldn't that be great? And we back him fully. Um, that's what I really want. Um, but oh, I can't see it at the moment. Um, last question for you all. Of course, we've got Portsmouth next in the FA Cup on Saturday. 12.30 kickoff at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Um, Antonio Conte, in one of the embargoed press conferences, said um, basically that the League Cup and the FA Cup weren't really that important. Um, it's all about the league and the Champions League. Um, Craig, what did you make of those comments? What do you uh, think about the game ahead against Portsmouth? Because they have just sacked their manager as well, by the way, and are in very bad form. Yeah, disappointed to hear that. As, as you know, as I've said before, love the FA Cup, and I think the Carabao Cup. You know, you take any any cup at the moment. To be honest with you. Um, I, I want us to win the FA Cup. Great history in the FA Cup. I hope he puts out a team good enough to get through Portsmouth and then, you know, the next round's probably end of January, beginning of February. So hopefully by then, you know, let's take one round at a time. Um, if you're asking me for a score prediction, I'm going to go 4-0 Tottenham. I think we'll run away with it. Oh, it's a shame because um, Danny Cowley, I think, is a good manager. Uh, he wouldn't remember me at all, but I used to play football with him for a few games for my old Sunday team. Uh, he wasn't a bad player, actually. Um, but, um, yeah, shame because Dane Scarlett, he, he loved Dane Scarlett and he praised him all the time. So I hope Dane yeah. still kick, kicks on whoever they, if, I don't know, if they've got another manager in or not. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, shame to see him get the boot. But understandable for the results have been in free fall. But, uh, yeah, uh, comfortable win, though, for Tottenham on Saturday. Carl, what are you thinking ahead of this game on Saturday? Yeah, exactly the same. Really, hopefully we'll we'll rotate rotate a few players. I mean, I, you know, there's a temp- <clears throat> temptation that you put Kane in there and he he breaks the record, but I think he needs resting his legs. I think after the after the World Cup and, um, and and the emotional kind of things he's been through as well in the past sort of few few months, um, I, I would I would want to uh, wrap him up in cotton wool and uh, and and. and just make sure we do enough. I, I I want to see see us win the FA Cup. I think we need to have a real real go at the FA Cup and um and and, and just put to bed this this kind of trophy hoodoo that's just hanging over us. So um so so yeah I I want uh, I want us to to win on Saturday and, and and be the start of a good cup run. It's crazy, isn't it? Last won the FA Cup in nineteen ninety one. I know I know I say that stat a lot, but I just I cannot believe it. Nineteen ninety one. Uh, when we run it, won it for a record eighth time. Um, Rick, are you positive uh, for Saturday's game? Yeah, I am, mate. And it, it's the one trophy that I said we would lift at the end of the season. Do you know what I mean? That's, you know, 
so I, I do, I do hope that they go out there and a comfortable win, and uh, they rotate a few players as well. Um, and you know they've got the con- contingency plan on the bench if 60, 70 minutes it ain't going the way that it should go. Um, but yeah, mate, I, I, I see kind of like a three 0 win, like Adrian was saying down there. I'm kind of on a 3-0 win, and I'm going to say Hill is going to get his first goal against Portsmouth on Saturday. That's what I'm going to say. Yeah, I'm going to go for a 3-0 win as well. Um, you guys have been an absolutely fantastic, um, well, all, all three of you, fantastic guests this evening. Thanks so much for joining me. Um, Carl, you've got a new podcast coming out. Tell us all about it. Yeah, I have. It's called When Football Began Again. It's all about, it's a nostalgic look at the Premier League era. So uh, basically starting off with 92-93 season and revisiting that. This is across all clubs, obviously not just Spurs. I've done interviews with Brian Dean, who scored obviously the first Premier League goal, who was also my wife's teenage crush. So we had a chat about that. So that's coming in a few weeks. Uh, so uh, I once met Brian Dean, actually had a picture taken with him and uh, just basically said that, you know, this is this is what you could have ended up with. And this is this is what you did get. So that's uh, that takes pride of place uh, in our house. So it's called When Football Began Again. It's not quite out. It's it's been first episode released a week on Monday. But if you search When Football Began Again on social media, uh, you should find that. And and it would be great if uh, if people had subscribed to that. Carl, tell us about your book as well while you're on. Uh, Being that number, I wrote a book about Spurs in the Champions League final season, all about Spurs supporters clubs all around the world. That's still available on Amazon. Had a decent month with that at Christmas. A few people opened that on Christmas morning, I think. So, uh, yeah, it it kind of tells the story of that season, uh, the bittersweet ending of it, through all of the amazing supporters clubs we've got around the world. It's just incredible. And and I I saw earlier that someone's in Japan at half four in the morning watching this, you know. So the the dedication those fans show is, 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 is unbelievable and uh, the book is kind of dedicated to them. So that's that's being that number. Search for that on Amazon. You'll, you'll find it on there. Well, Carl, thanks so much for joining us again. It's been a pleasure having you back. And actually, um, I should say, whilst you've said that about Japan, um, so many people listen to this podcast all around the world and I put some stats up. Uh, you know, we've been in so many uh, charts over the last week. So I cannot thank all of you for listening all around the world. It's absolutely brilliant support. So thank you so much. Um, Ricky, uh, what are you up to at the moment? Where can people find you? Apart from in what? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm never going to be in Watford again. Don't you ever worry. Never, never. Um, you say that. Watch my next job be in Watford. Uh, no, uh, back to the grind, auditioning, bro. Uh, just sorting the house. I'm just getting back to normal. I've just finally got the house together and got everything sorted after Panto. So, yeah, back to the grind, my friend, and sorting bits and pieces out left, right, and centre. But you know where you can find me on Twitter, at Ricky J Norwood, which is down there. And then on Insta, official Ricky Norwood. You can find me there too. And yeah, I'm sure we'll have a couple of more shows coming up, my friend. And it's been a pleasure to be on with the three C's. Some people say the, the you know, the degrees, but these are the three C's. Tonight, <laughs> do you know what I mean? So it's been great to be, be on with all of you lads tonight. And uh, yeah, it's great to finish on a positive, bro. Yeah, a good 4-0 win. Let's go into this FA Cup. Let's go get it, man. Come on, you Spurs. Fantastic. Well, thanks so much, Rick. And Craig, thanks so much for joining us again. Hope you enjoyed it. And uh, where can people find you? If they really want to follow me, I'm on Twitter at DM9. Uh, don't post much, but it's usually about Tottenham when I do. And I'll tell you what, really enjoyed this show. I enjoy most shows. Come on, obviously enjoy the ones where we win more. And, you know, what's that? One hour 40, if my eyes, one hour 43, we've been going, one hour 44. You know, incredible. I can't believe it's 20 past 12. 
um, and we've been talking, and you could, you know, feel it's one of these been one of those pods where I feel you could talk for another hour, and you wouldn't, yeah. like, you know, you, you know, it's been, it's been great. So, but thanks for everybody for for listening around the world, wherever you are, and people sticking with it because it's it's, a, it's absolutely phenomenal. It still amazes me that, you know, not that it's so popular because I think everybody likes to. It's kind of cathartic is that the right word you know when we lose it's good for people to listen to and i'm glad people enjoy it and that i'm a part of it so yeah it's it's really humbling and it's uh it's, it's great to be a part of and come on you spurs thank you craig i should have mentioned actually um spurs uh remain fifth in the premier league we've now played 18 we've won 10 we've drawn three we've lost five we've got uh, a goal difference of plus 12 we've got 33 points and i don't know whether you guys noticed that i actually missed off who's top there <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> on purpose, on purpose. But what don't fit huge... on the screen. Yeah. <laughs> what another huge week we've got coming up? Portsmouth in the FA Cup on Saturday, and then of course the North London derby, followed by a trip to the Etihad, uh, the champions Manchester City. Um, let's hope that Spurs can continue this winning form, and uh, Harry Kane can break that record very soon. Thanks so much uh, to Craig, Ricky, and Carl for all of their contributions tonight, and thanks so much for all of your points and questions. Uh, you know, sent in to, uh, this evening. And thanks so much for all of your support. And I'll see you in the next one. Until then, come on, you Spurs. Come on! The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.